0: Anna and I connected after I read Anna's fantastic article for The Spin Off, an online news site in New Zealand. It was as if Anna was writing about my challenges with accessing HRT, or hormonal replacement therapy. Anna's article was posted in a Facebook group called Menopause Over Martinis that I'm a member of, and I just had to find her. Luckily, the editor connected us, and we had the most fantastic catch up for episode 28. We are two women in New Zealand invested in sharing our experiences and challenges with changing hormones and investigating how we might be able to best manage them, as well as our overall health. This episode really resonated with me. It shows how much women are starting to support one another to make significant change in the conversation around health advice and support for the menopause, the lack of information, how we're all starting the journey alone and end up connecting in the most incredible ways. I want to dedicate this episode to the wahine of New Zealand and to Sarah Connor from Menopause Over Martinis. Thank you for what you are doing for our woman in New Zealand and thank you to all the women who are brave enough to speak up and just ask questions. We all deserve to live a long and happy life. very exciting not only because this is the second day of my very first lockdown in New Zealand although I am a I'm a bit of a lockdown expert actually I had nine months in Malaysia last year wow (laughs) but I'm actually excited because I'm talking to someone in New Zealand who's also in lockdown so we're kind of going through this experience together welcome to the podcast Anna it's great to have you here
1: Thanks Tracy it's it's nice to meet you you know at last it's great we've had a few emails um, yeah well
0: but, actually we we didn't meet over Instagram like about 90% of my guests
1: <laughs> no, 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 you managed to uh track me down I've, I've been tracked down a little bit lately um I'm a little I have to say I'm a little bit of a recluse you know I mean I'm 57 so I'm not quite you know it's not my second language social media you know, yeah. I, you know I, I have a few little friends here and there, and I see post-holiday snaps. But um, writing this article has actually kind of propelled me out into the world, which is a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I'm cool. going to dial
0: back for our listeners so that they know how it was that we came to connect, because okay. I usually sort of share that um so what's actually happened with us is it's quite a there's quite a lot of parallels um so i became a guest or on one of the um facebook groups called menopause over martinis which is actually founded in wellington and wellington is my home my original home now i live in mount monganui so for anyone listening from around the world um wellington is the um capital city of New Zealand. It's windy. It's uh, fabulous for coffee. It's got the arts. It's a really, really cool place to be. It's got a good vibe, good theatre. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the original one was filmed and produced there. I met my husband there. So lots wow. of really cool things about Wellington. Right. And now I've relocated back to Mount Morganoy after 20 years in Asia and Malaysia. And um, I was obviously going through this whole uh, what the heck's happening with menopause and how does anyone get any information here? And um, I joined this group on Facebook called Menopause Over Martinis, and that's founded in Wellington. They posted an article that you wrote, Anna. And I read, yeah, I read the article and I was like, this is amazing, this woman has literally written the journey I'm about to start, which is how to get HRT in New Zealand.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what a journey. What a journey.
0: And yeah, yeah, so I'd just like to open up for the listeners, and this is where I shut down and you share your story, Anna, is um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I've written down a few things that um that you're a social activist you want to share a little bit about that that you're a mum of two kids with a big 21 year age gap that's awesome I want to hear about that and um you're a writer
1: so yeah. yeah I, I will put yeah. that all together um and, and a counsellor as well and I manage a, a counselling organisation I'll, well I'll, I'll give try and give you a, you know a, fi- a five minute brief history of my life um Actually, I um, I live in Palmerston North now, and I've lived here for 35 years in the same house, which is uh, actually quite remarkable. And I'll probably die here. I'm not planning on going anywhere. It has um, an airport and a hospital. Um, and for those people not in New Zealand, it's a couple of hours drive to Wellington. So I go down to Wellington quite a lot to get my Wellington hit. Um, I also like Mount Maunganui, It's just a stunning place, and I'm I'm a little bit jealous that you're there. But you know, never mind. Here I am in Palmerston North. So I have been interested in women's health for many, many, many years. Actually, Uh, my first child was born when I was uh, twenty-one, actually, and I was living in London. And it was an unexpected surprise, let's just say. And um, I was a single parent, so I was living in London uh, when my son was one. I decided to come back to New Zealand because I didn't have any qualifications at all. So I thought, well, yeah, I'll come back here and I'll go to university and that will give me something to do while I'm being a mother at 21. So I did. And I um, was really interested in women's health, I guess, women's issues. My degree is in, actually in social anthropology and um, women's studies. And within that anthropology, I became really interested in health and especially how different cultures approach health. So studied a lot about health, women's health, finished my degree, you know, had a degree, you know, you can't get a job with a degree, a BA, you know, I mean, you could, but not really, you have a lot of good ideas. So I thought, what shall I do now? Um, And my son was still quite young. And so uh, the the local polytech um, had started kind of a natural therapies um, diploma. So I trained in shiatsu and massage therapy so I set myself up in business and I massaged um, just women because I worked from home and I thought that was safe you know because you do get some dodgy calls from men wanting a massage so just women, and it was therapeutic and it was health and then when I was massaging them they would start telling me their stories and I thought I don't really know how to you know to manage this so I thought I know I'll do like a counseling skills course you know just to learn about listening and skills and so forth but then I discovered I was quite good at it so I carried on doing a counselling diploma and then I sort of ended up being a counsellor and somewhere in that I ended up uh, about 22 years ago back in the small town in the where I completely failed at high school and uh, I established a non-profit community counselling organisation so we provide counselling for free to our um, local district. So I guess that's part of that's the linking in the social activism, I believe counseling should be available to anybody who wants it for free. So I've worked hard to make that happen. Um, and for the counselors to be well paid, of course, I don't expect them to do it free, but um, you know, and good working conditions too. And I guess I'm just the sort of person, I'm a little bit probably ahead of my time, um, you know, probably from, you know, doing sort of women's studies in the 1980s. So I do tend to just be that a bit pushy. I've had to be, you know, just in survival, really. Oh, yeah.
0: something else we have in common. Yes.
1: <laughs> push, 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 push. Apparently, since
0: I've been back to New Zealand, many people have said that about
1: me. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, you just have to. You're just sometimes bringing your head against a brick wall. And as (laughs) you know from this article, um, I've done the writing part. I've done writing on and off in my life. And I have to say, I hadn't actually, I hadn't written anything for eight years or published anything for eight years. Not not because I've been busy, because actually I lead quite a nice life, actually. And prior to COVID, um, we travel a lot. Um, with number two child was unexpected and arrived when I was 43. And so I said, well, we, I'm just going to carry on traveling. So that's what we were doing. So I think, you know, in a sense, COVID, COVID got me really focusing on my menopausal symptoms and got me writing day, again because I needed a little little hobby, really. Now, I think that all that traveling, I think I probably had menopausal symptoms then, but the traveling and the adrenaline that goes with the traveling probably masked a lot of it. So, you know, when lockdown, the last lockdown hit, I was sort of more in my body and more noticing things. And that's kind of where it started for for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's interesting because we both had um, babies late. I had my son at 42.
1: Wow oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's
0: eight now but you know they yeah. call us geriatric pregnancies. I know right? geriatric yes we're very <laughs>
1: geriatric. I
0: don't think we, either
1: of us look geriatric.
0: Not at all and I don't feel I don't feel that either no. now that I'm on HRT. <laughs> yes. yeah.
1: How's that so. going for you? You know I, yeah. I, I kind of. yeah
0: two and a half weeks in but um I, I, yeah I started blogging about it so people can find that on sexyaging.com but I but, you know I really really was encouraged by what you wrote and right. so um your article through um the spinoff, which yeah. is an online online but, site oh like a news site or articles and stuff yeah, yeah. um so I'm going to share it in the show notes so that other people can I find was. it too because it yeah. was really quite an eye-opening moment for me to realize that hey this this journey that I'm about to take, which is your normal average Kiwi lady. Uh, maybe this actually probably applies to a lot of countries around the world, not just New Zealand,
1: not the UK though.
0: <laughs> the UK. Because they're revolution. doing
1: really well. That's a revolution. And I can you know talk yeah. about that when I talk about my article, because there was a lot of things that needed, we just needed to edit it out because there's a, there's a word limit on the article. So there was right. a few things that we just chose that didn't go in. And yeah. one of those was I said there's a massive revolution happening in the UK you know yeah and yeah. how quiet it was here but yeah particular words you know but, yeah. is. but it's, it's,
0: it yeah. is it is quiet and it is amazing in the UK it's quiet for us but we are kind of the warriors in this space exactly and
1: you the know point that's what I, yeah. I said that we're, we're the tipping point here yeah, yeah. and I don't so if- that.
0: If you could share for those, just a brief, uh, not a brief, but talk as long as you like, actually, Um, do you want to tell us, just give us your, you know, verbal story of um, how you came to this point? So our common story is that we are trying to access um, and understand perimenopause Mm -hmm. and the symptoms that we're Mm -hmm. experiencing and just daily life and how we accessed HRT, how we came to find out about it. So that's quite a lot.
1: Uh, On your marks, get set, go. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, I mean, because of my, my health, and I, my mum, you, you may agree with this too, you know, it's, it, when you're kind of healthy in your 20s and 30s, and you can sort of say things like, well, you know, HRT, you know, I, I would never take HRT, I'm not going to need to take HRT. And because, you know, I've been quite late coming into menopause, I still had that thinking. And, you know, I think there's a little part of me that I think there was an arrogant part of me that actually thought... I don't even think I'm going to go through menopause. You know, like I'm in my 50s. I'm still having my period. There's no menopause for me. Everybody else can have menopause, not me. So that wasn't a conscious part of my brain. It was just like, you know, something that was just probably there that I'm realizing in hindsight. Um, So I did, it was sort of locked down and I was going for walks. Palmerston North where I live is very flat and I was just going for walks, say 5k in the day. And my body was just aching. I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, why is this? I'm used to walking up hills and huffing and puffing. And here I am going on a flat walk and, you know, I can get home. I can barely move. Um, I didn't know menopause caused joint pains at all. You know, I, I said in my article, I thought that menopause basically, you know, my periods would stop and I'd get hot flushes and I hadn't had any hot flushes. So I had the joint pains. Then I began, and I also said in my article, I was eating a lot of cake. Now I don't, have, don't actually have a sweet tooth, but it was like I, it was like my day was propelled by cake. Now I've since actually um, heard, I think, Louise talking to somebody about that when Louise, Louise Newson from the UK who's leading our revolution in menopause. And it's about your body's looking for estrogen in fat, not good fat. So therefore my body was actually looking for estrogen in cake. So in my brain, my brain was actually fantasizing all the time about cake and when I was going to eat the cake and what that was about. So that was was strange. That was, you know, just not who I am. The brain fog, the brain fog was like going through life with a handbrake on and it was just, just diabolical. You know, I just, I, I couldn't think, you know, I'm used to using all my senses, my instinct going about my day, you know, multiple things, mother, working mother, you know, you can multitask all the time. And nothing was happening. It was like that, you know, that spinning beach ball that's going around and around and around and then just not. there was nothing. Um, the loss of joy, that is absolutely huge. And, you know, because I'm a counsellor um, and, you know, counsellors, we spend many, many years gazing at our navel and at other people's navel or encouraging other people to gaze at their navel. So, yeah, I know I know what depression is. I know what anxiety is. I know that what I was feeling was nothing like that it was just like I just didn't care about anything it's like I was didn't have any emotions at all and I you know if somebody said to me oh you've won a lotto I'd be just like oh yeah you know or aliens have come down and you know taken away the family well yeah okay yeah you know there was just nothing it was like there was there was nothing and I thought this this is really strange as well like I, I don't understand really what's going on with me fatigue getting out and going to the toilet like six times nine. Somewhere in there, I discovered uh, Louise, Dr. Louise Newson, who was leading the revolution in the UK. I don't know how. It was probably a late night kind of looking online for something, anything about menopause. And I discovered her and I found a list of symptoms. And I thought, I've got all of these, you know, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, you know, and it just all suddenly makes sense. So um, but more than anything tied in with that is you know as a counselor, I re- began to realize that I think a lot of the women who we were getting referred to us from for counseling from the doctors because you know, I have a chance to see um, not not people's intense medical notes. What generally comes through is say, you know, say, Angela you know has presented today and you know she's like 53 and she's used to go running and can't you know go running and is fatigued all the time and really tearful and can't seem to get motivated with life that sort of thing but until I was actually going through this myself I didn't kind of identify I didn't put it together and that was what was so amazing is that if here I am as a professional person have been a counselor for 25 years and I haven't made this connection, like, is this me, or is this something, like, hugely missing? And I would go to work for that for about eight months, and I would ask my colleagues, and a lot of them were younger than me, and I said, did you, do you talk to your clients about menopause? Do you ask them if they're menopausal? And they say, no. And then I thought, oh, there really is something really huge here that is missing, and I started writing down notes to myself. And as I said, I hadn't actually written or published anything for about eight years because um, it's quite a big process writing anything. Um, But I was writing all these notes and I thought, all right, I need to write something for our professional association of counsellors and just point out, you know, and because in my years being a counsellor, I've actually never seen anything come through in any newsletters or writing about menopause and counselling. So I thought I'm going to write something for them just to, you know, so they can just start asking all their clients, you know, are you menopausal? What are you going through? What are your symptoms? Here's a bunch of symptoms. Um, And I was writing away and writing away. And then I thought, no, this is bigger. This is bigger than just going to counsellors. I need to um, write it just for just ordinary people, ordinary women. So that's when I started writing it. And you've seen the article. And um, then I got really nervous because I hadn't actually written anything and published it for about eight years. And I was... really I just thought I'll send it to the spin-off because I like their politics so I sent it there and and I think Catherine replied to me like really really quickly and said this is great this is really interesting but then there was a hold up with it um for about six weeks because I'm a non-medical writer and I'd written a lot especially about the testosterone which we can probably talk a little bit about later um they had to get it all checked out so um Anyway then it was published and still even then I thought maybe maybe I've just missed, maybe it's me, maybe I've just been asleep or under a rock or something and I've completely missed something and then suddenly I got all this feedback and people were saying wow you know you've just spoken to me, this is about my experience, it was people um, tracking me down at work and saying thank you so much, these were my experiences. One woman you know contacted me and said you know what you wrote about you know, you can't prepare a meal, you know, you had to buy ready cooked meals. It was like, you know, I get my food bag, but I couldn't even cope with the fact that a box of food was arriving in my house. I I couldn't. I was exhausted. I was shattered. So I I was started researching companies that just bring meals around and I just put them in the freezer and then I put them in the microwave. And but I had to, you know, like tell myself to get up, you know, to get off the couch, to get moving, because I just really couldn't move. So I um decided I think you know with um you know listening to all the podcasts by Louise and I thought I'm gonna try HRT you know I can try it I I just experiment so I thought you know being uh you know professional person and an educated person and I feel that I had a good relationship you know with my doctor I have to say though that my regular doctor was on leave so I had asked to see just a you know ordinary well, a woman doctor. I wanted to see a woman doctor. And I said, is there anyone experienced menopause? And they gave me a woman doctor. She was she was lovely. But she suddenly decided she, she could only give it to me for hot flushes. Now, by that time, I was having a few hot flushes, but they didn't bother me. I know that they're, they're huge for a lot of women. But for me, I don't think they were as bad. They would come and they would go and I would, you know, flutter and make a you know, bit of a fuss just for show. But I wasn't really bothered, you know, I could I could live with the hot flushes, but it was everything else that I've talked about, you know, the loss of joy, the brain fog, the fatigue, um, the, the overeating, the, the lethargy, the getting up in the night to go to the toilet six times, a low level anxiety, um, all of those things. And then here she is saying, no, I'm going to give it to you for hot flushes. So I said, I get hot flushes too, which I did. And then that's how I got my prescription. So that's the that that's the beginning of it. That's the estrogen. yeah. And I put that little estrogen patch on, and honestly, it was miraculous. <laughs> You've got your patch.
0: Mine's right <laughs> got, here, right, right here, patch. yeah. So if anyone's watching YouTube, oh, wow. it's just 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 um around my underwear line actually. Yeah. And then yeah. I just alternate weeks. Yep. Yep. You can't, you can't even see it. I realize when it comes
1: to summer, if I do wear a bikini, yep. um, you might, nobody will know. I used to have it on my tummy, and then I watched uh, Davina McCall's little yeah. video, and she put it on the side, and I thought, "Oh, mm. why didn't I think of that? That's great." So that's where yeah. I wear it now. It's just yeah. so easy. I've never had an issue with it. You know, some no. people have them coming off, but no, that never comes off. Yeah. And look, honestly, within two or three days, people were saying to me, "You look different. You sound different. You know, you're." It's like, it's like joy returned. And you know, I want to say something more about that loss of joy because it's it's such a strange thing when you lo- lose that and it's not like you know I have this huge you know huge life but it's little things like flowers you know like a bunch of flowers like appreciating the colors in a bunch of flowers um mm. clouds um you know a coffee what's happening tomorrow um just just really small things that you like in life because if you lose joy then you lose hope and then you think what yeah life got for me and then it's and all downhill
0: from there and it's all downhill from
1: here yeah and,
0: and hey and I would say actually just from speaking with you Anna that you know that when you when you touch on losing joy as something that really has impacted you because you are a traveler and you you get out and about into the world because it's about experiences that bring you these memories and these joy I mean you've got that heightened uh, mm-hmm. taste for it so for to not have the taste for it or to lose the taste for it, even like the little things, I appreciate the little things as much. That's actually really freaking scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it really is. It really is. And to think that that is caused by the loss of estrogen, something as really simple as the decline, the natural decline in estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know. How, how could yeah. I not know that? You know, did yeah. you know that? How much did you know about that?
0: Well, um, yeah, I'm in the, you know, the fitness industry yeah. and it took me a couple of years of symptoms before I thought, well, well what the heck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but I had actually started studying um, the science of longevity, not the science of aging for women, mm-hmm. before I came to this place of perimenopause where I was like, well, I made such significant changes in my lifestyle based around wanting to have a long life, a long and healthy life. So I think in that way, some of my symptoms were masked or not as bad because I had made massive lifestyle changes like um, sleep became a number one thing for me. Um, decreasing stress, uh, eating anti-inflammatory style diet, uh, not having coffee after 12 o'clock. So I started to do all these things based around what do the people in the blue zone countries do, you know? And I based my journey for longevity. But then the symptoms really kicked in, like the anxiety, low-level anxiety. Um, I wouldn't have ever said that I was depressed, but there were moments where I was wondering what the heck is going on? Mm. The brain fog and the joint pain, those two things for me were the main reason why I started to explore HRT because after fixing everything else and I still going to bed and lying in bed and feeling like a 90-year-old woman while I'm lying down because it's hurting, I'm like, no, this is not happening. I'm going to do what Anna did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And, And just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing, you know. And then, um, so I've been taking the the estrogen and progesterone for about um, maybe nine or 10 months. Now, I kind of regularly go on the Balance app and I saw you there the other day, but the app app was glitchy. So I couldn't go back and chat to you. And uh, quite a few of the women on there were talking about testosterone and Louise had talked about testosterone and she'd had guests too on her podcast that talked about testosterone. And I just thought, I want to try testosterone too I mean
0: yeah well actually the testosterone conversation um the first time I ever had a question mark was after reading your article Mm. now I'm curious so I have started to dive a little bit into finding out about it but how about you share with us like what's your experience with testosterone
1: oh it's fabulous it's just (laughs) yeah Okay, so it's like another thing that got they that got cut from the original article. I think I said it's it's like it's like the icing on the cake, you know, going back to the cake metaphor, you know, if estrogen is kind of the cake, you know testosterone is that really nice icing on the top. I wanted it for for brain fog, really, and brain clarity. Uh, I mean, certainly estrogen gives gives you a lot back. I think estrogen gave me back joy, um, and myself, and to really appreciate things. And, but testosterone has just really given me my brain back. You know, I feel like I'm back. I feel like my brain's working like a 20 or 30 year old. That's why I wanted it. and for i guess you know a bit more energy and it works in that way I, you know, I notice it when i work out you know i'm actually kind of feeling better working out um it's, but it's only given for um hypoactive sexual desire disorder well so it's, it's it's fairly hilarious it's
0: it's to shocking
1: it, it's <laughs> absolutely, totally shocking it's because if you go to the australian menopause um association they have got a little. Um, a video on it. It's actually for you know health professionals, but they pretty much are saying this is the only way, you know, that we can prescribe um testosterone for you. But everybody I've talked to, including some health professionals in the UK, will say it's great for black brain clarity. And that's why I wanted it. But I could only get it for a label disorder called hypoactive sexual desire disorder. I'm and, just and- making a note. <laughs> crazy it's just like that's you know in the article I say it was so hard getting it I asked the GP if um, I could have it and she just looked stunned like nobody has ever asked me for testosterone before what are you talking about and so there was a no 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 absolutely there and so I was due to go to the gynecologist because I've got an ovarian sister just sits there. They monitor it year after year. I don't want to take it taken out um, because I don't want to put myself through that trauma. Um, but I, I meet with her once a year and we, we'd say no, we, I say no. And I, so I said to her, I said, you know, look, I'm taking a HRT, you know, it's, I'm doing estrogen, progesterone, it's going well, I would really like to try testosterone, but it's an unlicensed med- medicine, could you please write me a prescription? And she looked pretty stunned, it was like oh 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 I don't know and she looks it up and but she didn't really know anything about it she knew really nothing and that's crazy so this is a woman who's pretty much in charge of women's health in the mid-central district she doesn't know anything about prescribing testosterone for women Um, so I told her all about Androfemme which is made by an Australian company it is licensed in Australia and then I phoned the pharmacist while I was actually in the room uh, with her and the pharmacist t- talked to her and said, I'll send you some stuff, but something went wrong with the email address and it didn't get sent. And then she, the gynecologist wrote to me three weeks later and said, no, no, I'm not prescribing you. It's too risky. So then I rung the pharmacist and the pharmacist sent it to me and then I sent it to her and then I followed up and I went push, push, push. And in the end, she said, you can have it if you have hypoactive sexual desire disorder. But I had to fill in this form. That's great, okay? It's like I get a test. You get a test. In the past, was your level of sexual desire or interest good and satisfying to you? Has there been a decrease in your level of sexual desire? Are you bothered by your decreased level of sexual desire? And would you like your level of sexual desire to increase? And please circle the factors that you think might be contributing towards this. So, I answered yes to everything. Um, well as any perimenopausal or menopausal as any woman would is going to. yeah it's, it's it's totally insane. There's just so much wrong with that with with that. that <laughs> I have hormone disorder in order to try testosterone, that that is the questionnaire that that is that is the question, that's what it's based on.
0: Well that kind of matches up with a you know having a symptom, a low libido for. Um, perimenopause and that bugs people and it affects their relationships and it affects their mood and I mean so can't we deal with that as well (laughs) yeah Yeah, I know it's
1: just it's not crazy so anyway oh wow So she sent me for a blood test and then i got a prescription for it so it is great i really really like it um now what is really interesting about testosterone and there is a bunch of warnings in my article you probably came across i actually didn't have those warnings in. they got they got added oh, okay. in my article actually went to a menopause specialist and understandably oh, i might have been a little bit gung-ho there hasn't been research done on it this is how much nobody hmm. cares about older women and menopausal issues is yeah. actually, there has not been research done on women taking testosterone can you just believe that it's unbelievable yeah. isn't it yeah and men had low testosterone how much yeah well has been done you
0: know exactly Maybe that's why it's called because it's called men no pause
1: and menstrual yeah. cycle and yeah, mental yeah. health. It's like, it's like they would have like they would have a testosterone machine on every corner, wouldn't they? If men yeah. had low testosterone, but for yeah. women we have to say, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a disorder and then um and then try and find somebody to write you a script anyway the good news is that I actually you know when I say I'm a social activist well I saw the gynecologist the other day she has been down to my doctors I can now get a script for testosterone from my doctor because they've had a big meeting and a little um workshop and now the doctor is prescribing it oh that's amazing that's great so push push yeah. push Other woman, I think I'm a bit of a guinea pig, probably in the region. So other woman will be able to get testosterone to try. Um, Oh,
0: that's so good. So my experience is very similar with the GP, who's lovely. And when I went to the clinic, I also asked for a woman-centric doctor that um, understood menopause. (laughs) And the ladies at the front desk were, for me, obviously menopausal, because they were like, uh... (laughs) okay (laughs) um you know someone asking specifically for the type of doctor that they wanted and a very very similar experience the conversation with me kind of saying here's all the things that I'm experiencing um here's the um you know what I want to do about it can you help me and I had to jump quite a few hoops before I could actually get it so um but she was very very open and you know, looking up online and checking out Dr. Newson like I'd recommended. And so I think she'd done her homework by the time I came back the third time. <laughs> the third time, yeah? Yeah, it took me took me three times. So wow. yeah. Mm. But so testosterone, I think this is going to be exciting. I think, should, you know, the next time I rock up, she's going to be, okay, where,
1: where are we going with this? Yeah, it'll be um, really interesting because there's yeah. just really nobody taking it. Because when I asked the pharmacist, you know, she said, well, I'm only prescribing about 50, 50 people a month. But um, I talked to the pharmacist the other day because I had a new order and, and the pharmacist, yeah. I said to the pharmacist, I don't know if you've seen the article. She said, oh, it's you. She said, <gasps> people have been emailing me asking me about testosterone
0: oh that's awesome
1: article so this is how much the article was circulating and how much people are wanting you know to find out more
0: yeah Uh, yeah. I mean I just know that um, I read your article and my heart was racing while I was reading it because it had such an impact and I know that many women around the world and obviously this was New Zealand centric article but I um have quite a few women overseas and I know that the uh, Australian listeners will be really happy to know that they can get testosterone um, yes. with what you know yes. with the with the information that you've provided yeah. so yeah I just really really grateful that you did take pen to paper that yeah. you were brave and bold enough to write about your experience because you've helped so many women you've given a voice to a lot of women here in New Zealand and um, I'm just really grateful for you Anna oh thank
1: you That's great yeah
0: well let's stay in touch hopefully we'll meet up I'm more likely to meet you than I'm a, than I am to meet most of the people I've interviewed yeah yeah
1: I know you've certainly uh you've certainly uh talked to quite a few people um I was <laughs> some of your um previous podcasts this afternoon actually to get to get your style <laughs> I got what you're about oh, yeah. the other thing I was just going to say too in the article that I mentioned but you talked to a guest about you know vaginal dryness Yes. And I uh, talked about in the symptoms and I said um, vaginal atrophy and I made a kind of a little bit of a joke, uh, not a joke about vaginal atrophy, but about getting a vest and cream to save yeah. my vagina from atrophy. And I just also, uh, there was something edited out of that original article because I read in a book, which a fabulous book, actually, it's called Estrogen Matters by a guy called uh, Avram Blooming. Yeah, now he, he references and says 100% of women will get vaginal atrophy well i know i know everyone in my article but the menopause australian menopause um society put it at 60 percent and louise newton put it at 80 percent 80 percent yes so let's just say 80 percent that is huge now who knows about vaginal atrophy i didn't know you know did you know who knows nobody knows this is huge no. why, why, why didn't we know why hasn't somebody when we're like 40 we go to the doctor they give us a handout they say yeah i know you're 40 you probably don't want to hear about this but these are the things that are going to happen to you when you hit menopause you know why can't we have something that we just you know put in the bottom drawer and drag out and know yeah about?
0: well and i figured a podcast was as good as anything so yeah. this is, you know, like my contribution because I have a lot of friends that are a lot younger than me and they've, um, they're actually really surprised that I've been talking about this particular yeah. topic because we've never spoken of, you know, the effects of perimenopause, vaginal dryness, um, loss of libido. Like I've never spoken to any of my friends about that kind of thing, um, even though I was going through so many of them. Mm. Um, so I figured, well, I'll just, um, I'll just do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: A bit- Thing. that's the best way yeah, yeah 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 here's me here's me i'm see i'm still old school you know give me yeah. of, i'll put it in the drawer yes just do a podcast well maybe you know maybe the doctor should be saying you should listen to the podcast you know yeah listen to the well podcast. the
0: cool thing is that there are so many really cool women out there now and there are some resources and it's just a case of i have a conversation with you you write an article someone else goes on tv someone else um mm-hmm. you know um makes a movie revamps Valentine or something yeah, you know yeah. if we if we all do our part then by the time my daughter is in this space it, it's a very easy conversation it's like I'm through I'm 40 I'm expecting some of these things to come up but here's all the things I can do about it
1: yeah 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 absolutely yeah we yeah. agree yeah well thanks Anna thank you it's great so to good to you. talk to you
0: yeah, yeah. you too you yeah. too I am loving these conversation with women from all over the world. I've learned so much and I want to keep learning so that I can share with you to help you navigate your way through this time of our life, to feel well, to feel good, empowered and sexy. I have testimonies every day from women that have found some comfort in the episodes and so I'm putting it out there. And if you are loving the content and it's helping you, please consider subscribing monthly or even donating. This podcast is not a paid gig and I am doing it purely out of passion. I'm obviously not Joe Rogan who sold his podcast for $72 million. I'm a woman like you exploring how to live a long and healthy life.